0: Forget the crap online and listen to Science verses. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes.
1: What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight. Not so long ago, engaged couples would mark their calendars for a very important field trip. They'd trek to the retailer of their choice, maybe Macy's or Crate and Barrel. If they were feeling especially ambitious, they'd hit both.
0: Upon arriving, they'd check out a nifty price scanner and spend the next couple of hours puttering about in search of expensive housewares. So what if they couldn't afford them?
1: Cheese knife? Scanned. Duvet cover? Scanned. Tiered cake stand? Well, they didn't really need that. But what the heck? Scanned!
0: All these items comprised one sweeping list. The wedding registry. Once a couple finished cataloging their desires, the list was made available to all those invited to their upcoming nuptials.
1: The wedding registry carries a polite yet explicit message. Here's the list of what we want. Please purchase something off it. It's your gift to us on our special day. A reasonable request.
0: Granted, the practice of giving wedding presents dates back hundreds of years. But recently, more and more couples are foregoing traditional registries. Now guests are logging onto a couple's wedding website to find more eccentric and often expensive requests.
1: Airfare vouchers. Contributions to fertility treatments, payments on student loan debt. The requests may
0: seem a bit overreaching, a bit like begging, older generations might say. Yet, as engaged couples look at their bank accounts with dread, asking for non-traditional, even greedy gifts can be the least of their worries.
1: Welcome to The Dark Side Of, a ParCast original, a show where we will delve into the seedy underbelly of pop culture icons and historical events.
0: We aim to expose the ugly truth behind cultural moments and public figures we hold most dear, proving that there is always more to the story than meets the eye. I'm your host, Richard.
1: And I'm Kate. This is our ninth episode on The Dark Side Of Dating. While the quest for love can sometimes end in happily ever after, wedding themselves come with a heaping plate of preordained expectations. At
0: Parcast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network.
1: You can find all episodes of The Dark Side Of and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream The Dark Side Of for free on Spotify, just open the app, tap browse, and type The Dark Side Of in the search bar.
0: Today we're diving into wedding traditions, the fanfare and necessities that couples shoulder in order to make their big day oh so special.
1: While customs like the proverbial something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue are still in practice, we're focusing on the more consequential expectations that have plagued wedding planning for decades.
0: In recent years, wedding celebrations have morphed from a single day into a long, multifaceted parade that can last for months. And with it comes a slew of costly boxes to check. Couples can only hope that all this effort will transform an ordinary day into one that's extraordinary. Naturally, such expectations beget financial strain and intense personal pressure.
1: People have been getting hitched forever, or at least it seems that way. The institution of marriage actually dates back to 2350 BCE.
0: That's on record as one of the first marriage ceremonies in ancient Mesopotamia.
1: This ceremony, though, wasn't so much about till death do us part, however, as it was about ensuring that the man had a strong and fertile wife to bear his offspring. Up until the Middle Ages, marriage was primarily a legal pact. It all but demanded the couple would reproduce.
0: And for families concerned with continuing their lineage, it was crucial to choose matches carefully, lest they tie themselves to an inferior clan. Maintaining bloodlines was so crucial that at one point it was common to sister swap women in marriage agreements.
1: Throughout the 1400s in Florence, Italy, it was nearly standard to leave the bride's name off the marriage contract. Should she ultimately be unwilling to marry, or should her future husband deem her undesirable, the problem was quite easy to remedy. Her sister could simply take her place. No change in paperwork was necessary. At the end of the day, the most important factor was who the bride's relatives were. As long as this remained the same, the show could go on.
0: But the European Renaissance made it a far more personal affair, especially as the era brought a new influence into the marital union, religion.
1: Take the Council of Trent, for example. At this summit in 1563 CE the Catholic Church outright condemned the practice of men having concubines.
0: This damnation of mistresses certainly helped wives who'd long been subjected to staying mum as their husbands traipsed around with various other women or men. The new decree elevated marriage from a legal agreement about offspring into something seemingly far more sacred.
1: On a similar note, and perhaps because of the new spiritual connotations, the notion of romantic love started to gain steam. Rather than marry strictly for political alliance or wealth consideration, two people might marry simply because they enjoyed each other.
0: Revolutionary, we know.
1: That's not to say that as the institution of marriage aged, it would shed all its underlying implications. As historian Helen Shoemaker reminds us, the Big Wedding was, once upon a time, a not-so-big wedding governed by ethnic and religious traditions.
0: These unions strictly followed cultural and familial guidelines, and so the ageless customs from them were passed down from generation to generation.
1: All the way to today's big weddings, or small ceremonies. They just happened to look a little different. According to Shoemaker, The marriage market has repeatedly introduced innovations that, within a generation, became traditional components of a real wedding. The act of getting married then became, quote, a consumer ritual replete with goods and services.
0: That is to say, weddings have created an industry to support them, which in turn has reshaped marriage traditions. Celebrating marriage has become an economic affair in
1: entirely
0: new ways.
1: In the past 50 years, weddings have expanded into an arena for luxury. A time to pull out all the stops. The sky's the limit, if you can afford it, or if you don't mind paying off credit cards.
0: Even if you don't plan to wed aboard a Mediterranean yacht, it's nearly impossible to arrange a day of festivities without a significant price tag. For an example of this phenomenon, look no further than the 1991 classic film Father of the Bride.
1: This movie features an anxious Steve Martin as George Banks, a well-meaning father caught woefully by surprise at his daughter's engagement.
0: George bristles at the cost of a nice ceremony. He can't believe he has to pay to repaint his living room, tailor a tux, and rent live swans. All for people to sit in his backyard. And he's not alone. His rom-com horror encapsulates very real, widespread parental
1: anxiety. Though parents of both spouses-to-be often feel the financial squeeze of an impending union, certain responsibilities have been culturally assigned to each side of the family.
0: According to the Washington Post, Quote, once engaged, many couples often have certain expectations for financial assistance from parents. Tradition says the bride's family is responsible for covering the majority of the wedding costs. The groom's parents traditionally pay for a rehearsal dinner.
1: Such assumptions aren't simply unspoken. The notion of how tradition should steer budgeting permeates nearly every article and resource about budgeting wedding costs.
0: And while it's true that the bride's family paying for specific things did originate somewhere, it's a pretty archaic tradition.
1: Some historians argue that this custom is an evolution of the dowry. Dowries were used for centuries to help offset the costs of establishing a new marital household. Through the Middle Ages and into the Renaissance, unless a bride was of nobility, it was rare she had any assets to her name. So her parents would give her new spouse a monetary gift to assist with his new familial expenses.
0: A gloomier but also common belief was the bride-to-be was chattel. In other words... She was but a financially burdensome piece of property that her family was happily unloading onto the groom. So, of course, they gifted him with a little money for his efforts.
1: As women gained more rights, the concept of paying to mitigate a woman's burden held less credence. Still, the association between a bride's family and the costs of a wedding, from the venue to invitations to food and alcohol, largely remains. On
0: the less costly side, according to Vogue, the groom's family can pony up for the rehearsal dinner and some of the honeymoon costs. While this expectation can leave the groom's family scrambling for money they don't have, the bride's family usually gets a far worse deal.
1: According to a 2014 Chicago Tribune article, on average, the bride's parents contribute 43 percent of the total cost of a wedding. The bride and groom contribute another 43 percent, the groom's parents spend 12 percent, and the remaining 2 percent of the budget is paid for by family members or friends.
0: You can understand why Steve Martin was so concerned about the swans his daughter so desperately wanted. And since that movie was made nearly 30 years ago, The financial pitfalls of footing a wedding have only grown deeper and more daunting.
1: This reality was exacerbated in 2008 when a perfect storm befell the U.S. And its effects would linger on for years, as anyone trying to pay for a wedding today may tell you.
0: In 2008, the stock market crashed. The ensuing crisis left many college graduates at a disadvantage. Not only were they saddled with student loan debt, but many entered the job market to careers that likely paid less than they once anticipated.
1: A study by RBC Wealth Management confirmed this reality, indicating that many young adults who entered the workforce in the wake of the Great Recession find themselves behind the income curve. Student debt is and will continue to be a crushing burden for millennials, Gen Z, and the generations to follow. Thus, many parents of adult children may feel obligated to help out financially.
0: With less money coming in, millennials certainly weren't, and still aren't, able to save much for weddings. Seeing their children facing challenges that they themselves didn't face, baby boomer parents wanted to help.
1: But not all parents were stable enough to do so. These older generations were squeezed by the 2008 financial crisis, too. Many adults' retirement accounts were cut in half.
0: In 2018, ten years after the Great Recession, the New York Times reported that many retirement-age Americans had to severely change their plans to adjust to the crisis. Quote, Some lost their jobs. Some took serious losses to their 401K plans. And some had to go back to work because of the shortfall in their retirement savings.
1: Nearly all of those profiled in the article delayed their retirement dates in order to keep working. They needed more time to rebuild their lost savings.
0: And often, they had to spend the money they'd been saving for their children's weddings just to keep themselves
1: afloat. Still, a 2017 survey by The Wedding Wire indicated that the majority of 18,000 newlyweds had received help from parents who in turn used their own savings to cover wedding costs.
0: A Washington Post article on the survey classified savings very broadly. 20% of those parents put the expenses on a credit card, 9% dipped into their retirement funds, and 7% took out loans. 3% of parents refinanced their mortgage or got a home equity loan.
1: With parents borrowing money on an already tight budget, it's clear that they, too, felt the pressure to deliver a fairy tale. They didn't want to spare any expenses that would diminish their child's big day, even if it jeopardized their own financial health.
0: Coming up, Parents take out loans for their debt-laden children. Now
1: back to the story.
0: To pay for a perfect wedding seems insurmountable at times, given the price of today's ceremonies. And one Washington Post article pinpointed just how much costs have skyrocketed in recent decades.
1: In 2019, Mary Naklickie anticipated helping her daughter pay for her wedding. The sticker shock was hard to stomach, though, once they started comparing options. Prices had changed in 42 years, she admitted. The Post reported, When Nikliki got married in 1977, her parents paid $10 per person for her reception. By her calculations, the cost for her daughter's upcoming wedding could be 11 times that, a cool $110 per head.
0: And on top of that... Nakliki and her husband had just paid for a family vacation when they were tipped off that their daughter was getting engaged. With little time to adjust to the looming costs, they were faced with a choice.
1: To borrow or not to borrow.
0: To help cover the cost of the Country Club venue, they made the decision to take a five-year, $10,000 loan from the online lender Upstart.
1: Thanks to startup culture, many new lenders like Upstart have stepped in to popularize and attempt to destigmatize the wedding loan.
0: In 2019, CNBC reported that many of these tech startups target the millennial generation who may dream of instagrammable wedding venues, cigar bars, candy buffets, photo booths and the like. But word spread fast. Soon, parents were buying into the marketing.
1: According to CNBC, some lenders claim that they issued double the amount of wedding-branded loans in 2019 than a year earlier. Though they didn't specify what ratio of these were taken out by the couples versus their parents, in Mary Nikliki's experience, a hefty portion may have been the latter.
0: She confirmed that the process was nearly effortless. I just entered my information, my social security number, and how much I wanted. She told Good Morning America that the money hit her account in just about 24 hours.
1: Yet when The Morning Show asked Nikliki's daughter Diana how she felt about her parents taking out the loan, her response was surprising.
0: She claimed she wasn't thrilled, saying, I wish they didn't. But my parents will do anything to make me happy. I mean, if you have to borrow money, you have to borrow money. That's
1: just the way it is. If her reply sounds problematic, it is. Not only did she gloss over the fact that she wasn't the one having to borrow the money, Diana gave no indication that she was willing to compromise on her dream wedding to lower its costs.
0: Indeed, the attitude toward weddings today is paradoxical. Both couples and their parents often carry substantial debt. And yet, neither wants to curb amenities that would lessen their big day.
1: Another instance that remains incredibly rigid?
0: Dresses, namely the brides. While today the white gown seems indispensable, it wasn't always written into the wedding canon. It's actually a relatively young custom at just under 200 years old and it's primarily a Western proclivity.
1: A pivotal moment for saying yes to the dress was Queen Victoria's 1840 wedding to Prince Albert. Yes, she married her first cousin. No, we don't condone that.
0: Though many think that the white dress came into vogue to represent a bride's sexual purity, it was actually a more practical, albeit vain, reason.
1: In the mid-1800s, A white dress helped combat the drab backgrounds of early portraiture. Wear anything darker, and you risked blending into the muddy neutrals of sepia-toned photos.
0: This was largely a champagne problem. It assumed you could pony up the funds for a portrait. Until photography became more affordable after the Industrial Revolution... Portraits were primarily for noble or high society brides.
1: However, Queen Victoria's dress, as captured by photos, would make its way around the world through newspapers and pamphlets and affect brides from every social strata. Everyone wanted to feel like a queen on their special day, and by 1850, bridal magazines started proclaiming white was simply the color for brides.
0: The snowy hue dress has hung around for another century unchanged. American brides are especially uncompromising. They simply must find some number in a shade of white, ivory, or eggshell.
1: But don't count on cruising into a local boutique and snagging the perfect fit at a bargain price. According to wedding planning website The Knot, the average wedding dress cost in 2018 was... $1,631, including alterations.
0: Keep in mind, this is an average. In 2019, the website Insider released survey results for the average cost of a wedding dress in each state. They revealed far higher price tags, depending on the region. The average in Connecticut was $1,964, while South Dakota clocked in at less than half, $929. By far, though, New York surpassed its neighboring states with its average cost at $2,463.
1: One more thing to remember, the dress is an a la carte purchase, which means shoes, a veil, and the proper undergarments will be additional costs in order to walk down the aisle in full bridal garb. And should a bride find that dreamy dress in an obscure color of the off-white family like cotton or scotch mist? Well, good luck finding the trimmings to match.
0: It's a lot of money to plunk down for an ensemble you're likely to wear just once. In an attempt to justify the expense, many women argue, but my future daughter can wear it.
1: Hmm, well, that's possible. But it's also a blind gamble that this theoretical child will be the same size and want to wear a dress that's likely 20 to 30 years out of fashion.
0: Indeed, saving a wedding dress is a mostly impractical custom. A poll posted on the website WeddingWire indicated up to 54% of women keep their dress for their daughter to wear on her wedding day. But there was no statistic about how many daughters actually do end up wearing their mother's dress.
1: In fact, it's more common today for women to try on their mother's dresses as a sort of gag for the gram, to illustrate just how poorly they fit.
0: It makes sense. On top of sizing and style issues, many brides are more than happy to leave princess sleeves in the 80s. And the fabric of most dresses hasn't stood the test of time either.
1: The materials used in wedding gowns are notoriously delicate, subject to staining and irreparable damage. Unsurprisingly, by the time a daughter's wedding rolls around, they're often less than fresh. Easy fix, right? Just have it dry cleaned. Alas, not so simple. Many wedding dresses have delicate beading and fabric that can't withstand normal dry cleaning. In fact, most dresses need to be laundered immediately after wear. To
0: self-preserve a dress could cost around $250, which usually includes a kit outfitted with proper tools. Professional restoration and boxing, though, which most brides opt for in order to safeguard their investment, runs closer to $750, all for something that may not ever be used again.
1: A very expensive closet adornment, not to mention one that takes up valuable space the dresses are notoriously unwieldy to store.
0: You'd think that by now, the appeal of a demure bride in the snowy gown would have worn thin. Instead, it compounded. The white dress has rooted itself down into everything from classic movies like Cinderella to wedding expos to glossy Instagram feeds.
1: Understandably, brides can have trouble extracting themselves from this cultural vortex. Weddings are a type of adult fairy tale. The dress is the princess gown many women have waited decades to finally wear.
0: It's a double-edged sword, though. With the glamour comes complicated and often unrealistic beauty standards. When women see airbrushed and curated brides, they feel pressured to tinker with their own appearances before the ceremony.
1: This can include a range of processes, many of them painful, from teeth whitening to laser hair removal. Wedding planning guides even set timelines for when women should undertake each procedure.
0: Dermatologist visits for acne should be at least six months out, giving medications and creams ample time to work.
1: Next on the docket, makeup consultations at three months out. You want to be sure your look is perfectly planned and practiced.
0: Once the wedding is a month out, in-office procedures can be scheduled. As one beauty website instructed brides, if you decide to get facial injections, do it at least a month before your wedding to prevent bruising or potential bad placement you don't want a droopy eyelid in your wedding pics.
1: Botox injections are just one example of the blurred lines between benign primping and more drastic regimens.
0: Still, cosmetic alterations, deemed bridal plasti by doctors and medical spas, remain popular. The process is so common that TV producers even created a reality show on E!
1: In 2010, 12 brides-to-be competed for one expensive prize, the surgery of their choice before their wedding.
0: Though the show didn't see a second season, pre-wedding grooming industries keep booming.
1: And wedding weight loss is perhaps the most confusing of the bunch.
0: In preparation for their big day, many women forecast that they will weigh less than they do currently, just in time for their big day. And a 2008 Cornell survey found that 70% of women polled said they wanted to lose weight with an average goal loss of 23 pounds. And another 21% said they wanted to prevent weight gain.
1: Magazines and websites today will tell you otherwise they no longer endorse diets but in fact they have just found more encouraging ways of doing so a cleanse have at it eating clean to get ready for the big day that's a-okay too in the end Wedding culture preaches that implementing detox practices is a sure way to shave down a dress size or two.
0: In 2017, writer Kelsey Miller did a piece for Refinery29 that called out the splashy taglines being used to subversively peddle wedding diet culture. They included...
1: Five ways to lose weight before your wedding. Three tips for dining out on a bridal diet. Brides reveal their best weight loss secrets... Drop five pounds fast.
0: Take note, only one of those headlines even mentions the word diet. Similarly, a cursory search of Amazon books with the keywords bride wedding diet yields equally depressing results. Titles like fit to be bride, skinny, sexy bride, and buff brides. Miller pointed out that today's media is still cashing in on bridal-weight anxiety, it's just veiling its agenda with new language. As she put it, quote, "...shedding for the wedding is a relatively new phrase, but the concept is nearly as traditional as tossing the bouquet."
1: Traditional in the sense of modern weddings, that is. In reality, dieting is still relatively new compared to other customs going back centuries. According to the Cornell study, weight loss ads in bridal magazines were sparse as recently as the 1990s.
0: Compare that to the mega websites of today, like The Knot, which Miller noted lists hundreds of weight loss services and products, including diet pills, dubious weight loss clinics, and even the known pyramid scheme Herbalife.
1: Co-author of the Cornell Weight Loss Survey, Professor Jeffrey Sobal, once told Time magazine that thinness was no longer coincidental. It's become a cornerstone, a mandatory item on your wedding planning to-do list.
0: Feeling this suffocating pressure, one bride would go to shocking lengths, and the New York Times would make her story viral
1: Coming up, feeding tubes and salmonella are just a few things on the wedding menu. Now back
0: to the story.
1: Brides have always been encouraged to primp before their wedding. From full-body waxing to cosmetic injections, every procedure is sold as something to make a woman glow on her big day. However, with societal pressure... This habit can snowball into extremes.
0: In April of 2012, the love subsection of the Times ran a biting headline. Bridal Hunger Games.
1: It was a callback to the popular movie franchise at the time. The first Hunger Games film was released just a month before, but the article was far less entertaining. Rather, it was a harrowing chronicle of one Florida woman's quest to fit into her gown.
0: At that time, Jessica Schneider was 41, and her wedding was approaching fast. So fast, in fact, that she decided her goal weight was unattainable through non-invasive means. With only two months to go, she opted to have a feeding tube put in for 10 days.
1: Rather than eat food normally, she'd consume just 800 calories of doctored protein per day through the tube. It was an imposing restriction, considering that, according to the U.S. government's health assessment, the recommended minimum for a sedentary woman of about 40 years is 1,800 calories.
0: But for Jessica, the risk seemed worth it. It was only 10 days.
1: Indeed, the diet culture lurking behind weddings has long encouraged brides to take drastic measures despite the blatant health dangers.
0: This inclination to want the best for your special day is understandable, and as brides remain the focal point of the wedding, looking your best is now inextricable. But as the definition of best becomes whittled down to a size-based target, Brides feel pressured to carve their bodies down, too.
1: And Jessica Schneider wasn't the first to choose this method. It was part of a larger trend happening in Florida.
0: Dr. Oliver R. DiPietro started selling his so-called KE diet to brides in 2011. He claimed that by giving them nourishment through the nasal feeding tube, their bodies would go into ketosis, allowing them to burn fat quickly.
1: Though temporary, the feeding tube was a constant reminder, especially to Schneider herself. She admittedly didn't want to walk into her daughter's school with the feeding tube in, knowing it would evoke judgment.
0: Such devices are often associated with sickness. They usually help those who are too fragile to eat and they have been known to nourish people who are recovering from eating disorders. Using it for the reverse purpose underscores the impossible target. Brides are told to be glowing and healthy, though thin and flawless.
1: In the end, Schneider had the tube removed early, but only because it was so effective. She had shaved off 10 pounds in just eight days, and she was keen to stop the odd looks from strangers.
0: The media fascination with her story was equally troubling. Some TV stations used it as an opportunity to paint her as an extreme case. Yet when Schneider went on ABC World News, the hosts seemed keen to redeem her intentions.
1: After Schneider mentioned she was happy the weight came off quickly, the news anchors even congratulated her.
0: Refinery29 writer Kelsey Miller wrapped up her thoughts on Schneider's process by pointing out some very complicated crosshairs. Women today are expected to engage with bridal diet culture only to be condemned for it later if not done quietly.
1: The subtext? Be thin, but don't tell us how you did it. Understandably,
0: brides are left feeling confused as to how much they should do. It's a fine balance to determine where honest actions to look and feel one's best end and destructive media influencing begins.
1: The continuation of crash dieting confirms that vanity remains a hallmark of wedding culture. Though marriage celebrates love and total acceptance, the wedding needn't conform to the same human standards.
0: And with so much pressure for everything to look and go perfectly, many couples are worried about how they'll pull everything off. The amount of tasks to accomplish can feel like spinning
1: plates. Especially when you weigh the inevitable judgment of wedding guests. After all, how many times have we gone to weddings as guests only to spend the ride home complaining about no open bar, too much waiting for the first dance, lazy photographer, lame band.
0: And the most egregious offense of all, Terrible food.
1: Those who have recently attended what they deem to be a good wedding will likely agree on one thing. The food was excellent.
0: It's nearly always understood that weddings will provide some type of nourishment for guests. Wedding feasts have been customary for centuries. And the cost of paying to
1: fill bellies in style has never been cheap.
0: According to Claire Stewart, author of As Long As We Both Shall Eat, wedding food culture is far more treacherous than debating the cost of surf and turf.
1: Whether a couple decides to pay per plate or fill up the buffet, there's always a certain gamble when agreeing to feed potentially hundreds of guests all at the same time.
0: As of 2018, Wedding website The Knot reported that in the U.S., the average cost for catered food at a wedding reception clocked in at $9,520, or about $70 per head.
1: For almost 10 grand, many couples expect the fare to be nothing short of hot, delicious, and perfectly executed.
0: However, the prevalence of food poisoning born from wedding catering Should be enough to make any couple think twice about providing food.
1: As those who've dealt with a bout of norovirus know, beware the buffet. Take one 1995
0: wedding in New York. According to Claire Stewart, guests eagerly dug into their salad course a rich and crunchy Caesar. However, when 26 people grew violently ill, the couple questioned whether the dressing had been made with raw eggs.
1: Indeed, it had. As the food sat out unrefrigerated for over six hours waiting to be served, salmonella had tainted the lovely salads. Unfortunately,
0: this is far from the worst scenario. Stewart cited another wedding, this one in Nepal, where the bride and groom served rustic bread.
1: Little did they know that the lard used to bake the bread was contaminated. Though the bride and groom didn't eat it, likely because they were making the rounds greeting guests, upwards of 200 of their guests had.
0: 50 of them required hospitalization, and 20 of those people died.
1: But while people may point out that the common culprits of raw eggs, fish, and dairy are easy disasters to avoid, the wedding cake is a perfect storm of danger.
0: The cake is to the reception as the white dress is to the bride, iconic, stately, and irreplaceable.
1: It goes without saying that such a showstopper won't be cheap. From truffle to sponge, the nationwide going rate was $500 per cake as of 2018.
0: But cakes in their pure and sugary bliss are also one of the most likely foods to leave you vomiting and sick after a wedding. It seems that despite the spirit of innovation in the wedding industry, bakeries have been sending out contaminated confections for decades.
1: A brief buttercream-inspired timeline for you.
0: 1982, 1,000 people who attended six different weddings across Minneapolis ended their weekends hunched over with food poisoning. Don't blame the newlyweds. Local health authorities cited the wedding cake's buttercream icing, which came from a Minnesota bakery as the source. It was contaminated.
1: 2000, a bride in Pennsylvania was horrified to find her raspberry cream-filled cake was toxic. At least 54 of her guests took a slice, only to be sickened by the cake, which had, you guessed it, parasites in the filling.
0: The lesson? No fruit-filled cakes.
1: But weddings are supposed to be fanciful, and people never
0: learn. 2005. As recounted by Stewart, nearly 2,700 people at 46 weddings across Massachusetts dug into cakes with tart strawberry filling only to fall ill with norovirus hours later.
1: Inquiries were launched into the bakery responsible, but the specific culprit was hard to pin down. Workers with unwashed hands had touched virtually every strawberry that went into the cakes.
0: The stomach-churning realities of wedding-based food poisoning are so real that an entire sub-industry has risen up to deal with them. Seattle-based firm Marler Clark aka the food safety law firm, is the nation's most prevalent authority on lawsuits regarding foodborne illness.
1: According to Stewart, the firm says that a good deal of its claims, amounting to a hefty $600 million in total, involve wedding or rehearsal-related incidents.
0: So when you attend your cake tasting, be mindful you may also be buying into thousands of dollars in legal fees and damages.
1: Even if the happy couple makes it through dinner, cake cutting, and dancing unscathed, there's often lingering pressure as the evening winds down to send guests off on a high note.
0: At the very least, family and friends should leave with a little memento. And though some wedding planners chide adults for having the same expectations as children leaving birthday parties, insisting no one needs a goodie bag... You'd be hard-pressed to recall a wedding you didn't leave with a bag of pastel-colored Jordan almonds.
1: But like everything else in the wedding industry, these small favors have evolved into more expensive tokens. Tchotchkes don't cut it if you want to be memorable. Personalized candles, preloaded disposable Polaroid cameras, and custom-baked treats now often sit at each guest's place setting.
0: Yet, unless the favors are truly so valuable that guests cling to them, the gifts often don't make it home.
1: Take Ursula Reynolds, one bride who painstakingly spent hours before her wedding packing up nearly 80 gift boxes of chocolate. She thought her guests would appreciate the gesture and enjoy bringing home the sweet tokens. Sadly, Reynolds told U.S. News, At the end of my reception, once guests departed, Around 70% of the favors were left on the table.
0: Another guest admitted to wedding Wire that she had little use for the favors from her own sister's wedding. The personalized glasses with their names and wedding date have sat in the back of the cupboard since I brought them home.
1: While couples have been told by friends, movies, and magazines that the devil is in the details, it appears favors are yet another move by the ballooning industry to drum up business. Perhaps even knowing how useless the favors will be, couples still don't wanna be known as the outlier that didn't conform. Rather than be perceived as a miser or a stick in the mud, they write the check.
0: Unfortunately, when the money's gone, it's gone forever. And many brides and grooms look back on their ceremonies with one unhelpful takeaway. It could all have been so much simpler.
1: Ironically, the basic desire to create a special day that celebrates you and your loved one often morphs into the opposite. In the dance to deliver on expectations, couples end up forgoing their own desires to try to please everyone else instead.
0: So whether you're trudging forth into wedding season as a beleaguered parent or the lucky one taking the altar, consider this.
1: Weddings are amongst the most common celebrations in society. Don't bankrupt, sicken, or hurt yourself trying to make yours the best.
0: Thanks for listening to The Dark Side Of... For more information on wedding traditions, amongst the many sources we used, we found Claire Stewart's As Long As We Shall Eat helpful to our research about food. Next week, we'll be back for our last episode of this season to discuss broken heart syndrome.
1: You can find more episodes of The Dark Side Of for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. Just open the app and type The Dark Side Of in the search bar.
0: And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll see you next time.
1: The Dark Side Of was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Kenny Hobbs, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of The Dark Side Of was written by Mackenzie Moore, with writing assistance by Kate Gallagher and stars Kate Leonard and Richard Rossner.